What is up, ladies and gentlemen? You have made it to another episode. All right, as always, I am Haseeb K, your host. And with me, I have my brother from another mother, my fellow brown boy, making Afghans proud, Johnny John. Thank you for the great introduction. I don't think I could follow that up with anything greater. All right, so in this episode, we got some bangers for you as tim the tap man says all right we're gonna give our official movie review of venom let there be carnage we're gonna touch on a trailer that i'm looking forward to lock and key and then we're gonna break down the new house of dragons teaser trailer and then after that we are going to do a deep dive on dave Chappelle's new stand-up that just came out on netflix the closer and then hopefully we get a new face and do sports okay so stick around listen comment hit the like button hit the follow button we're officially on spotify now too if you haven't heard so go check us out add us to your playlist okay so me and sean both went to go watch venom in movie theaters venom let there be carnage horrible idea all right, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it light and we're gonna keep it spoiler free for you guys. We're just gonna touch on our thoughts on it, okay? My thoughts on the movie, Go I would ahead. say it's definitely a movie you need to wait until it's on FX to watch. <laughs> stars, There's, it's gonna be on stars. Yeah, I would. I probably wouldn't. Even, I'd have to be very, very bored to watch that again. I think uh, there is very few redeeming qualities to it. I guess a few of the redeeming qualities would be that there is Venom's handsome. That's one of them. He's just a, he's just a handsome dude. <laughs> and then the other one would be that there is a few moments of comic relief. And you can also laugh at the acting at some points, just because it's just not there. Honestly, you, when you go to watch the movie, lower the bar greatly. It's a Sony film. Um, the word I would use to describe it the most would probably be cringe, the humor, the romance. Oh, yeah. Don't even think this is a Marvel movie because this is like DC level kind of shit. No, worse than DC, bro. Sony film level. If you've seen the first one, you kind of know what to expect. Don't expect nothing greater. Less than if even okay but even so, uh, if i'm not mistaken x-men is sony right yeah x-men well Wolf. it was but now i think they're I mean, not now it is but i'm yeah. saying the previous movies have been a sony okay yeah and, sure. and Lo logan is one of my favorite movies superhero movies ever not superhero but whatever you want to call it yeah hero or whatever hero movie yeah and i was just very i was very thoroughly disappointed with venom uh I, I took my uh, friends to watch it, my family, and uh, I don't think I'll be able to pick a movie for quite a few <laughs> movies. So. Yeah, no, it's not. So, okay. So, let's say I'm going to give my rating 1 to 5. I'm going to give Venom a 2.5. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to give it a 
solid two just because I honestly, the first 30 minutes, I did not understand what was going through the mind of the director. Yeah. Like, you, you can't watch that 30 minutes again and be like, let's sign off on this. Yeah, I was definitely confused for sure. So, was not impressed by it. Now, if um, you're worried about spoilers, we're going to discuss the post credit scene real quick. So, if you guys want to skip forward a minute or two, then now would be the time to do so. Okay, so breaking down what happens in the post credit scene, pretty much we see um, Venom and uh, Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy's character, they get transported to a different universe because of the spell that you see Doctor Strange and Tom Holland's Spider-Man Peter Parker casting in the No Way Home trailer. You see they're casting that spell, that multiverse spell, and so what happens is, boom, now they're in the main Marvel universe. So this is a, a this is going to be a way for them to bring Venom into the main MCU and also along with it, other things they want to add to canon, which is the main history timeline, Fantastic Four, X-Men, stuff like that. So, boom, you can bring that in. Also, Shriek in the movie was the first Marvel, I mean, the first X-Men that we've seen on the big screen so yep, yep. that's you might want to note that as well and yeah someone's... uh go ahead, the John. inclusion of her was the inclusion of her in the movie was one of probably the redeeming things just because it introduced uh mutants into the movie yeah into the universe really so but moving on uh, we got a couple um trailers for you uh netflix we, we gotta start out with we gotta start out with house of dragons we do, yeah. Okay. Well, are we not, are we not, are we not doing House of Dragons? We already did House of Dragons. We already oh, have okay. it all broken down. Yeah. I, I thought I thought we were, I thought we were doing. You said trailers, so I thought you were doing House of Dragons and. Jump I was Lock just gonna put. I was gonna add House of Trailers onto the end of this. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We can we can cut it. We'll, we can cut it right there, and uh, trailers. So last thing I said was trailers. Right. Um. So I got a couple. Uh, we're going to break down House of Dragons for you guys, but let's talk about Lock and Key real quick. The Lock and Key Season 2 trailer, I saw that. It looked really good. I'm super excited about it. Um, Sean, have Netflix you seen Season 1? original. Yeah, I've seen Season 1. Okay, so I, some of the things I noticed in the trailer, we're not going to get too deep down and breaking it down or anything, but, you know, Dodge's back. She's got an accomplice, and uh, you see a lot of you see a lot of keys. I think new keys... And you see um, them making some keys. So you oh, know, I was like, it was a DJ Khaled and Future in here. Yeah, I don't know. That's it, they, I got the keys. Keys. There's twelve in the first season that were shown and told about. So let's see how many more new ones we get in in this season. So the comics and books have you, around forty. Right. I was gonna say, didn't you mention there was about forty in the comics? In the comic books, yeah. So, but let's see how many we get in season two. I'm really excited for it. Season one was amazing. If you have not seen that, I suggest catching up. Lock and key on Netflix. So, speaking of Netflix, do you want to touch on some of the theories that we've heard and seen about Squid Game, Sean? Some of the new ones that have popped up. What have you heard? So the my favorite, my biggest one, and this is going to be a spoiler for Squid Game. So here's your spoiler, chance. Spoiler, spoiler. 
um it's that uh il on ilham no i don't know bro i don't know il nam yeah il nam o the old guy number one player one is actually the main character's father i saw that i saw that on uh i think i saw that on reddit and a couple of the hints they gave were like uh on his mother's bank card her last name is O, same as his and um when they're in the alleyway playing the marbles and he's like losing his mind he talks about oh i used to live in an area just like this and the main character says that too and he's like i used to watch my kids play here outside and this and that and you know we know that him and his friends used to play outside because in the beginning the very few first few minutes of the show you see them playing so i don't know i think it has a little back i think it has a little backing to it and a little substance to that theory that uh yeah i would say out of all the theories i've seen that makes the most sense but then it kind of gets turned down when you know spoiler obviously when the old man dies and just doesn't even mention that that's your, yeah. um, your dad you know who knows if there's a season two i don't think he's really dead i think they're gonna i think he's still gonna be alive if there's a season two i think they're somehow gonna fake that and he's what do you mean if there's alive. a season two there's if guaranteed there's to be two. a season two that's what the you know there's definitely some whispers about a season, season two, two? So, yeah he joins a k-pop band with the red hair yeah no i mean it's just so much money for netflix you know why well, would you, you not, have, you, you you have, have to make, to make a season two yeah, it's you know, gonna happen. It's just, it's got to happen. So, there's not, those are not one of the movie, one of the shows that you have to uh, wait on to see if it gets renewed or not. It's gonna get yeah. renewed. And shout out to you. Peer pressure has no effect on you if you have not watched that show yet. Shout out to you. All right, everyone, here at the podcast, we are huge fans of Game of Thrones. And though we don't have any new updates on game of thrones for you we do have the next best thing and that is we're really excited to show you the new trailer for the prequel of game of thrones called house of dragons and uh see if can you roll the clip for us yeah sure thing dreams didn't make us kings dragons did Okay, so let's kind of break down the trailer a little bit and let's kind of talk about what's going on just lightly. And um, yeah, then so, again, uh, who, who's narrating the trailer? So the, the voice, who's, who's you, voice you're hearing? The voice you hear, that's a great question, Sean. The voice you hear is uh, Prince Daemon Targaryen, the brother of the current king, Viserys Targaryen. Okay, he's played by Matt Smith, who some of you may know from Doctor Who, if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, and then I think my next thought was, okay, what time what time setting is this with, since it's a prequel? Yeah, it is a prequel, like you said. So this takes place 200 years prior to this, the events of Game of Thrones. So we're 200 years in the, to the past. Okay, and so all new characters, no one's going to be familiar. No, everyone is uh, a new character. You see Everyone, some everyone's not even born yet. Yeah, you see some familiar factions, Targaryens, Hightower, Starks, but... You know, no, it's it's no, nobody we know from Game of Thrones. Okay, okay. And uh, watching the whole trailer, I think there is a civil war. Okay, so kind of getting into what's going on, 
during the show it takes place during a targaryen civil war and so i think it's going to show the events leading up to the civil war and the actual war and maybe the aftermath so um the catalyst for the war is going to be the death of the current king king viserys and so it's going to be similar to like ned stark maybe the way him dying sets the ball rolling and because of his death there are going to be two factions the blacks and the greens and those are going to be the people fighting for the throne okay and each uh has their own individual claim to the throne their right that they feel the greens led by allison hightower the wife of the late king believes that her oldest son aegon ii has the rightful claim to the throne and the opposing faction the blacks who are led by renair targaryen the oldest daughter or the oldest child of king viserys claims that the king on his deathbed named her the rightful heir to the throne so that's kind of where the battle comes from the conflict of the show and we get to watch it all unfold and unwind and hopefully we'll see again like i said you see the sigil of house stark that stark is led by cregan stark right now the house is and he has nine children so hopefully we'll see some of those kids in the show so i'm really looking forward to it i think it's looks super exciting i want to go ahead and give a honorable brown boy mention to my boy ramin jawadi who is returning to compose the music and if you guys aren't familiar with him he did uh make the music for game of thrones some other things he's popular for iron man the original one prison break the tv show westworld the tv show and some video games he's also worked on are gears of war 4 and 5 so shout out to my man i'm super excited about the music it's going to be similar but not the same so really looking forward to that sean anything you want to touch on uh, i just noticed that the dagger we saw was the cat's paw dagger yeah there's a scene where allison hightower is holding the valerian dagger the cat's paw dagger who eventually that's makes the same yeah, yeah like you're about to say that's the same dagger that ends up with uh aria in the end yeah so uh there there's they're touching back you know even i feel like the uh, parallel we should draw is like the claims to the throne right the same thing is like daenerys and Jon snow is it the sun of the old heir or is it the oldest child of the last king uh, it again it does the lineage skips over women i think it's something that they touch on but you know let's see we are super excited for the show it is coming out in 2022 on hbo max check it out looking good yeah I'm really excited for it so sean have you uh watched the new dave Chappelle special the closer definitely Dave Chappelle, I didn't, I didn't even realize it was coming out until like it popped up on my Netflix screen, and I was super pumped to watch it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's crazy. Have you seen the controversy surrounding it? Yeah, I feel like every damn stand-up he has these past few years on Netflix has some sort of controversy hanging around it. If it's not Bill Cosby, it's you know the LGBTQ community, uh, and. I don't know if I would say they're in, in the wrong to be mad, but it just seems like he's getting a lot of uh, hate for no reason. Uh, not for no reason, but a lot of unwarranted hate. It's, it's not like he has he's being hateful. Yeah. 
I don't think he was being hateful either. I think he was trying to clear the air. I think he was trying to just be like, hey, you know, I don't have... I think it I think it kind of backfired on him. I think it did the reverse of what he actually meant it to do. And uh if you guys have seen the special, I think there might be a few spoilers uh in this topic that we're going to talk about. And he mentioned we're talking about the LGBTQ community and he mentioned that they're they're saying that they're outraged at what he's saying and like he's punching down at them and that sort of stuff. And uh, I know it's anecdotal, the story he said about the lady that, uh, you know, ended up, was a huge fan of his and ended up uh, committing suicide. But uh, it seems like, I know it's not the whole LGBTQ community, but it seems like she really was never offended at anything she, at, at what Dave had to say. You know, being offended has to, what, to do more than just words. You know, it's more like actions, I think. Yeah, you can be you can be offended at a word, I guess if if the, if the person behind the word has hate with it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, ill meaning behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the word is just a word, like they've said in multiple standups. It's not the word that hurts you. It's just like the action of the person behind it. Yeah, and he also says that they make up words to win arguments, which was pretty yeah. funny. That was uh, when he's he talking about turf, and I, I didn't, I'd never even heard of T E R F before he mentioned that. And when he said that, because I've seen a lot of uh, Twitter back and forths, uh, random like celebrities who are getting canceled, and I see them. J.K. Rowling, uh, how crazy yeah, is that? J.K. Rowling, another up. one. Uh, he said they lit her up. He said she wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself, sold so many copies, had the Bible worried. <laughs> had the Bible worried about. <laughs> how many books she sold and the lgbtq communities canceled her trying to cancel her in about one day yeah but he made his point i mean you know turf trans exclusionary radical feminist or something i think that's what she's i don't, I, i'm i may be mistaken but i think you know the point he was making was valid you know you know that it was pretty crazy caitlin jenner won woman of the year the first year I know she, she was, was like this. Is, she won Woman of the Year, and it's her first goddamn year. Never even had a period before. <laughs> uh, so you know, I think he, you know, I think he, I stand with him. I too am a feminist. You know, I think he makes some good points. I, I, I think he makes them in a Dave Chappelle way. This was the funniest ones of his recent specials by far to me i think this one was this one actually made me laugh out loud a couple times the other ones not so much they weren't really like funny to me but this one was funny offensive yeah, funny. This, one, this one was funny but i'd say all of them had made me think in a different perspective yeah he was he tried to get very like political and social commentary with his other specials but this right. one was just like funny and i i see the point he was trying to come across and I, he generated a lot of controversy, which I think is good for him and his Netflix special. You know, it's it's publicity regardless. But I, I think you know, I think the it's funny. He that, doesn't only make fun of trans people, right? That's exactly what I want to just speak on right now. The thing about comedy is, is since I've been a little kid, and my dad was watching like Chris Rock and Red Fox and Richard Pryor, they make fun of race, which is if it's their own race or white people or brown people. Yeah. And nothing's really off limits when it comes to comedy because it's a stand-up show. Like, it's, it's not a, yeah. it's, it's not jokes. a rally. It's you know, it's jokes. not. It's, yeah. Right. It's a joke. 
and some might of be the, some you know, and jokes are funny as stereotypes. Real life, exactly. Like stereotypes, yeah. racial stereotypes, racial comedy is some of the funniest comedy around. Like Russell Peters, he's Indian, and his yeah. Indian jokes even are the, hilarious. Even his Chinese jokes are hilarious. Right. All his, all his, you know, stereotypical jokes are funny to me. But yeah. I feel like in this day and age, it's kind of uh, taboo in a, in, a, in a way to even think those are funny because people could think, you know. Yeah, but that's people why could Dave think, Chappelle, I mean, that, you know, that's Dave Chappelle. You know, that's who Dave Chappelle was. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what no, makes yeah. him so funny. I think he's funny, but I know a lot of people, which surprised me, don't think he's funny or don't enjoy his comedy just because it's. There's a lot of truth behind his jokes, though, uh, that, like, you know, show racial disparity. A lot of his jokes, especially, like, his his black jokes, it, there, there's always a little, like, dark truth behind them, you know? Like, the right. joke where, you know, like, the sprinkle a little crack on them, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's stuff like that where it's, like, it's sad but true. I mean. Well, he know. mentions it and he talks about the human experience. And, you know, uh, all the jokes, you know, come from the human experience. You joke about what you know, don't you? Yeah. So you can't joke about something you're not familiar with. I don't know. I honestly, I think if you're I saw a meme and it was like a bunch of white women, young white women. And it was like Dave Chappelle has never been funny to me. And I, you know, I think that goes like if you're a racial minority, then you find Dave Chappelle hilarious. Yeah, I agree. I think Dave Chappelle and people of his ilk are way funnier to people of minority uh, status just because they can relate to it on a, like a mindset level. Yeah, they see not the things that he sees. But definitely, it favors. Oh yeah, not exclusively, sure. but it it makes it really sets in differently when I watch it, just because I know the stereotypes and I know how it feels. You know, I'm sure you obviously you do too. How it feels to be oh. harassed or feel like people are watching you, you know that kind of thing of course of course for sure so i think you know but um i think the point that he makes that a lot of people don't like in the special is that you know you he says you know you want to be gay you want to be a minority until you have to be until it's time to be white again right you know he wants to and, call the police uh, or whatever he does in the yeah. joke so I think, you know, that he, he kind of points out that, like, if you're a racial minority, you don't have, you know, that option. You don't have. It's, really a, it's a privilege, honestly. Yeah. Even though, you know, you, you even though you might be like a, uh, you know, sexual minority or. Right, if you're black, if you're more. black and homosexual, you don't get any of the benefits that a white homosexual person would get just because you're homosexual does not. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, there's a lot of truth in his, in his joke where he's like, I'm jealous of the gay movement. He's like, of the LGBTQ movement. He's like, he's like, look how much progress they've made. Look how much, you know what I'm saying? And it's true. I mean, I'm, je they, I'm jealous too. Yeah, they've made a lot of progress. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you see them represented so well in the media and everything now i mean you know their voice i i in my opinion their voice has definitely heard the most i think their voice is yeah it's been in my voice life is, you know right i agree their voice is definitely the loudest it's ever been I, uh, I would even go as far to say as i see more gay people than brown people in the media that i watch uh yeah i would definitely agree uh sometimes it feels like 
I know we're doing representation and all that, but I definitely see more gay people being represented than, you know, quality black actors or, you know, even just a role that's not a terrorist for a brown person or a stereotypical role for a brown person. You don't really see those, you know? Yeah. I, I it's always, say a, it's always I a taxi driver. I will, no, I will say this in in my in you know I, lately we have seen some cops. You know, we've seen some variety in some brown roles we've watched recently. You know. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Aliyah I've Dole, seen a few. You know, uh, right? What was there's that, that one what was show, the there's Afghan a... guy's name from Clickbait. You know. Yeah, yeah. Sharif but there's a the lot sheriff. of. Uh, Sharif the Sheriff, that's in a Midnight Mass. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of roles, but a lot of our roles get whitewashed as well. True, I guess so, yeah. I mean, you know, but I, I will say, you know, it's it's gotten a little more diverse, but still, I think his point stands, you know, like, uh, there, a lot of people should take note of the way they do it, so of the movement and the and the strides that they've made you know i think i think i i don't think you really in my opinion and you know at this podcast we accept everyone and we welcome everyone um regardless of race sexual orientation but i think he doesn't say anything too bad i think what he tries to do is clear the air and tries to point out what he says and he points that out and I don't think, you know, he, I don't, I don't think they should cause any uproar, cause for cancel or anything like that. I think he just makes his point. I, I'm, he makes some funny jokes. I love Dave Chappelle. And, you know, maybe I'm a little biased because I grew up watching him. And I know that he can get a lot more extreme and he can make some jokes that are a lot, a lot more out there, but a lot more funnier too, you know? I mean, yeah, I grew up watching Bill Cosby too, but I'm not defending Bill Cosby. I like Dave Chappelle because <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's doing anything outrageous or anything out of hate or out of spite, you know? He's yeah. telling a joke and there's some truth behind every joke, of course. But you can also laugh you can also laugh at the truth while also not taking what he says to heart, I think. No, it was when he was like, Yeah, thank God TMZ didn't buy that story about me beating up some bitch in the club. Like yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't know it was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I he, did he also said, <laughs> uh, he also said something along the lines of, uh, "I'm not indifferent to people's suffering." Yeah, because I know it's hard to be everybody. Yeah, and I think that just proves that he's not talking out of a place of anti, you know, no, LGBTQ yeah, or anything like that. I think you know he goes back to saying I'm I'm just I'm I'm having a human experience. You know, I'm just a person right. having a human experience which we can all relate to, you know. Right, and I also think that when he brought up the baby, he was correct as in no one really cared or even knew really that he killed that person in the Walmart. Yeah. But as soon as he said some, you know, He's obviously not educated in the matter, and that's not really an excuse. But he said what he said, yeah, and that automatically the point got him. Stands, you know, this is a guy who stands. killed someone in Walmart. You think he's worried? You know, I mean, the platform given to him was very sudden and very big. I mean, you know, I. That think also he... brings up another issue. It's just like, 
you should like someone. Not everyone you're gonna listen to, you're gonna like. And if you don't like them, then you shouldn't listen to them. Yeah. And people like the baby. It didn't help that and, JoJo Siwa came out either. Yeah, it definitely didn't. <laughs> it definitely didn't. But no, I think he did right by defending the baby. Honestly, I think he did good. I think he did. That was a good uh, yeah, like. I, I think I, I don't think it was neither here or there. I think it was just to point out that you could kill a person of color, and it'll get less traction than saying some anti LGBT slurs. You know? Yeah. Not and it's not even like just against them or, or something that they don't like. That's it's pretty, just, you know, it's un, yeah. I, some uneducation about biology and like HIV and all that, you know? Yeah. No, no, no. The point. Yeah, that that is that's very true. So I think, you know, I think Dave Chappelle, um, I think the jokes he makes have always kind of been pushing the envelope. But that's what makes him so funny. You know, I think he. Yeah, points, that, that, that brings me back to my point is that people are, I think. Some people are scared to admit that they like Dave Chappelle just because of the consequences that comes with it in today's day in society. Okay. Right. We'll leave it right there. You know, and we'll let you guys take away from, from those closing words from Sean. Okay, Sean, so this week I do actually have some gaming news for you. I hear you're quite disappointed. Yeah, so let's talk about the three big games coming out this holiday season that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, you're looking forward to. So we got Call of Duty Vanguard. We've got Battlefield 2042. And then we've got Halo Infinite, which is my personal favorite, and that's out on top right now. Okay, so let me get into them. All right. Right off the bat, let me talk about Call of Duty Vanguard and how I'm not going to be spending my money on it this year unless they show me something different. You know what I'm saying? I played the beta and it was a well done beta. It had search and destroy. It had a lot of, uh, you know, gameplay showing off to do. But the gameplay that it did show off, I was not impressed with at all. The colors, the art style, the theme, the guns, everything was just not good. It was a less polished version of Modern Warfare. Sledgehammer, I, I'm sorry. Activision, I'm sorry. You've gotten so much of my money. You got you bamboozled me last year because of Cold War. I even bought the next-gen upgrade edition. Didn't even get a next-gen console. So, I'm sorry. You won't be getting my money this year. I'm going to gamble and spend it on Battlefield 2042. Okay. So um, Call of Duty Vanguard comes out November 5th. And Battlefield 2042 will be coming out November 16th. Now I played the beta and the beta uh, could have been better. The audio needs working on. And I only got to play one map, one game mode. But it was fun. It was nice. I like it. I think it can be really good the hazard mode you saw that that looks really nice so i mean i'm really looking forward to battlefield i think it's fun i think the ability to cause chaos on a massive scale that's what makes battlefield great to be able to just yep. wreak havoc with your friends and i think I they I, I think they're they're gonna do that i think they're highlighting that so i think it's 
I think it's going to be a really fun game and I'm going to spend my money on it and hopefully I'll have some good news for you guys when it releases. And yeah, my brother, uh, go ahead. My brother Yusuf is really pumped. Uh, he's been talking about Battlefield 2042 for quite a few months. Yeah, so, uh, and then Halo Infinite, which looks the best, will probably win the battle of the betas, if that's what you want to call it, but it looks amazing. It looks shiny. It looks sparkly. I mean, it is just beautiful. I'm looking forward to it exponentially. I mean, it is amazing. Uh, that the is Halo, Halo enough? Is Halo enough for you to choose between the Xbox or the PS5 if you were choosing? um so it sucks that's a really hard question to answer but yeah i think it would influence my decision making at this point if i was if i had if i was yet to upgrade to a next gen console i think i would have to lean towards xbox because not only of halo but xbox game pass is a steal okay yeah. if you if you're a pc player you should look into xbox game pass probably save you a lot of money so, but Halo, you know, Halo Infinite is going to be free to play. It's coming out December 8th. There's a lot of gameplay footage on it. The flights have looked amazing. The big team battle looks so much fun. Again, Havoc, Chaos, all that's there. The traditional Halo that you grew up with in a new form-fitting factor of the modern day times. The ability to sprint, clamor, you know what I'm saying? These are things that you need in today's movement-based gameplay. The fact that you can keep up and move so fast is huge. And so Halo needs that. If you go back and you play some of the older iterations of Halo, you feel like cement blocks are tied to your feet. I mean, you move slow compared to the modern games. So I think the movement is what it was lacking. It brought it into the future. You know, it, it has a it has a grapple now that's similar to a power-up, you know, like uh, overshields or invisibility. And, you know, even Battlefield has a grapple, which was used way more than any other device, I guarantee it. So, I'm looking hugely forward to Halo, and we will be giving you updates on that as it goes. And we will be playing it December 8th. We we'll hope to see you guys out there. What's up, guys? We are getting into the sports segment of the show. We have a special guest, uh, familiar voice, Rezzy. How are you doing today? I mean, I wouldn't call it a special guest, but I mean, I'm here. Well, special to me and Nassib. All right, fair enough, fair enough. So we have a, a special slate of games coming up uh, in the NFL this weekend. And we have to touch on, unfortunately, Alabama's loss to Texas A&M. Mm, we'll make it a quick... Tide, baby, roll tight. We'll make it... Make it a quick little segment and just touch on it very lightly. Well, uh, Alabama went to Kyle Field last Saturday at College Station, Texas, to face Texas A&M, SEC West matchup, and ended up losing the game thanks to some questionable calls by the offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, who is most famous for probably trading DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of peanuts. Yeah, he's a, and, he's a local hero here, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you're you're, you're basking the fruits of his labor by trading. Uh, what do you guys trade him? You traded him twenty million dollar a year, David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. Damn, bro, that sounds like a fair trade to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I've gotten better trade offers from uh, Gabe in fantasy. I think. 
<laughs> That's Cap. That's Cap. Yeah, he's he was he told me yesterday. Hey, do you want uh? He had, he had one of his low players. You, you wanted this for uh, Stefan Diggs, and I was like, Gabe, don't ever disrespect me like that again. Yeah, chance <laughs> chance keeps sending me Miles Sanders for DeAndre Swift, and I just yeah, it's just like you know, the other thing is just like, please stop, please stop. I'm gonna suspend but, uh, trades. So Bill O'Brien, I blame him mostly for the loss. Uh, play calling in the red zone was terrible. Play calling near the goal line was even more terrible. R- passing it, I think. I think we ran it once in the goal in the red zone that whole time, and uh, we were on the two or three yard line four or five times, and we ended up passing it to one of our worst players two or three times. And we ended up losing the game on a field goal in the last seconds as time expired. And of course, my cousin was in town. He went to A&M. And he really, really... People, when they beat Alabama, they don't lose with class. You know, they really don't lose with class. No. Beating us is like beating the Lakers. It's like beating the Yankees. You're going to hear about it. It's way worse than that. You're going to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah, he was literally screaming. And I was like, Emil, please, my grandma is asleep. <laughs> and uh, so that was all, you know, he actually, last time he was in town, uh, A&M beat us too, Johnny Manziel. But we ended up winning the national championship that year. So I'm, and I'm hoping that losing to A&M is a good omen and we end up winning the national championship again this year. There we go. So Roll as far time. as... Uh, that's the roll tide. That's really all I want to touch on with college football. That's all I've seen on ESPN for the past few days. Just the replay of the kick. <laughs> so I'm just going to move on. I'm going to move on gracefully. Congratulations, Dan. Um, good game. Uh, so let's move on to tonight's game. Tampa Bay versus Philly. What are let's your go. thoughts on the game and what is your outcome? Let's go Tom Brady. Um... I don't know. I don't know how hurt Brady really is. It'll be an interesting game, but I I think it's going to be pretty easy. I think Tampa defense is just going to overwhelm Hurts, and uh, I think they'll cover the spread easily tonight. Plus seven or minus seven. I actually disagree with you there. I think it's going to be a very high scoring affair. Dallas Goddard is out for the Philadelphia Eagles on the COVID nineteen list, but. It really feels like the Buccaneers' defense is depleted and Jalen Hurts can really, really make a play out of nothing. I think Devontae Smith has a huge game. Hopefully, Jalen Hurts has a huge game running the ball, if not passing. But I do think the Buccaneers edge it out. I'm going to say 35 to 31. 35 to 31. These are two teams with... Zero defense. I would so like what to you're put saying is, I should I should pull up MGM and bet the over. I think the over is if it's around. I'm what is it, around fifty five. I'm guessing. I'm gonna yeah. I guess it's gonna be over. It was something close to that last I saw. Let's see. It is fifty two and a half. Fifty two and a half. Pretty low. Yeah, I I I think it's gonna. I think they hit the over. Tom Brady's playing out of his mind lately. They're passing the ball a lot. For someone who just two years ago was set to have a noodle arm, yeah, that's, I think he's I, th- I think he's proving a lot of people. Uh, that's wrong. something I wouldn't hate to touch on. Would you? Would it be out of the world to say Tom Brady is in first or second in the MVP MVP race right now? I think he's in the top three right now as it stands. 
No homerism. I would give it Kyler, Dak, Tom Brady, and then fourth would be Justin Herbert. Herbert, what about Allen? I mean, even Lamar. Uh, Allen, I think there's a little fatigue with Lamar, and there's a little fatigue with Josh Allen. People like new faces, you know, new names. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But I think Actually, Tom Brady is is in there. He's playing crazy right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Man's inhuman. Let's move on to Sunday Night Football, a kind of disappointing matchup, honestly, for a Sunday Night Football game. Got the Seattle Seahawks, led by Geno Smith, of, uh, and then we got Pittsburgh Steelers, led by Big, ben, Big the clock. ben. Big Ben the Clock, yes. Big Ben the Clock. Really led by Najee Harris, if we want to be true with it. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith out for the year. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be a close matchup. Honestly, these are two teams. I think Pittsburgh's hitting his stride. I think uh, Pittsburgh will eke it out. Uh, I don't think Geno Smith is really anything, and Seattle's yeah, defense is shit. I agree. I don't. Uh, if if Geno Smith could somehow channel the one drive he had and play anything yeah. like that, maybe I, uh, it'll be a halfway competitive game. But I really don't think it will be a physically or you know visually appealing game to watch. I think it's gonna be pretty sloppy. But I think. Uh, Pittsburgh, I uh, guess the win. Yeah, I feel like the only way you're watching this game is if you live in Pittsburgh, live in Seattle, or you have huge fantasy interest. That's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah, and I will be the latter. Yep, absolutely. So the next game is a AFC matchup: Buffalo Bills at Tennessee Titans. Who you got, Rosie? Oh, I definitely have Buffalo, and I have uh, yeah. winning by quite a lot. <laughs> Yeah, even if Julio Jones plays, I don't really see. I mean, even if Julio and I mean, I'm I'm assuming AJ's healthy as well, but losing to the Jets, I've lost all confidence in the Titans. Yeah, unless uh, unless David Derrick Henry pulls a uh, Josh Norman on every defensive player the Buffalo <laughs> player has, I don't really see them being enough to Yo, beat they've Buffalo. Been, they've been showing the shit out of that highlight the last two days because it was the one year anniversary of it yesterday. It's a great play, but I don't think it's enough to beat Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, I really do think Josh Allen is in the top five for being MVP. I think I think Diggs is, uh, he must be getting bracketed because I really don't think he's having the year I expected him to have, and I think many fantasy people expected him to have. Yeah, I agree. Kind of, I mean, he's, he's, he's getting the catches, but I don't really see the touchdowns or explosive plays. I think Emmanuel Sanders is poaching a lot of the touchdowns. Daniel Sanders actually looks surprisingly good. Yeah, him and Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, out of nowhere, Dawson Knox. I actually uh, picked him up in a few leagues this week. So I'm hoping that, I think, I'm hoping that the hot times last during this game. Because, you know, uh, I hate. I see Buffalo putting up 40 points in this game. I have a lot of uh, fantasy implications, and I always hate when I'm having to rely on a Monday night football game to get the win, just because zero relaxation, I got to watch it till the end, you know, that kind of thing. That was me this week with Latavius Murray, and a disappointment it was. I'm sorry to have led you astray, but I don't... Did Elijah Mitchell Mitchell even do that much better? Didn't matter. Mitchell had 8.8, and I needed 11, so didn't matter. So either way, you know, I actually saved you from even more heartbreak, if anything. No, you made me watch that game. 8.8. I blame you. Uh, it wasn't that bad of a game. Come on, that was a great game. Don't lie. <laughs> it was a good game. We're talking good. about the Ravens versus the Indianapolis Colts. Lamar Jackson went fucking crazy. 
Lamar just shows up and looks like the best passing quarterback in the league in the fourth quarter is very confusing. Yeah, he, him and Hollywood are made for the big screen. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's going to be a, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very good game. I think this weekend has a lot of good games. You know, my Dallas Cowboys are going to face the New England Patriots. They're just going to show that Dallas really is the creme de la creme of the NFC. Dak really is back, and Zeke, while I still think he's overpaid, he's less trash than people. Oh, he'll always be overpaid. Contract yeah. I think uh, I think Dallas gets the win here. I don't think it's going to be very competitive. Patriots offense is, they have Mac Jones, and I think he'll be good in a few years, roll tide. But okay. they're pretty hard. they're pretty hard to watch right now, honest to God. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a Josh McDaniels offense. No. It doesn't feel like a Bill Belichick-led team, and that just really leads everyone to the question: uh, Was it the chicken or the egg? Was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady? You know. I mean, I think it's Brady at this point, but it's hard to it's hard to say just because the step down in quarterbacks is so big. Uh, and yeah, it is really big. I agree. Like, there's no middle ground. When when Brady was leaving, all I could say was it was Belichick, but to go out. I'd have Belichick. to say Brady's last year. I know he didn't have any targets, but he did not look anywhere near what he looks like in Tampa. Which I know he has all the targets in the world. Great oh, yeah. quarterback, friendly coach. But uh, you know when you're when you're a coach like Belichick, you think you make adjustments, and the free agents he signed this year have made zero sense. Overpaid Johnu Smith fifty million dollars to become a blocking tight end, mm-hmm. and then paid Hunter Henry, Most which makes no sense. Board. Yeah, makes, makes no sense. I mean, he's having a great year for a tight end, but you don't have to sign both of them. I think they expected to rely more on, on the run game this year, but that's just not working with uh, the injuries and the inexperience. But uh, maybe they'll get it figured out. And the last game I want to touch on is your Arizona Cardinals versus the Cleveland Browns. Ooh, Browns have a shit defense, and I don't think they stand a chance in this game. I think Arizona pulls it out by 6-7 plus. Really? Now that's, that's a side I didn't see you taking. Now, the last time I was on here, I said my Cardinals were going to get absolutely stomped by the Rams. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that didn't happen. Surprised mm-hmm. the entire league. But last yep, last yep. week, last week the whole team looked lazy. I mean, we pulled out the win against San Fran. It wasn't a huge effort. It, no one looked particularly amazing. Uh, Chandler Jones already out this week. But those we are the games you like to. Those are the games you like to pull out. You know, the games where you don't look amazing, but you still get the W. Yeah, get both of our defensive backs backs back this week. But I, Cleveland's run game is really gonna wreak havoc for the Cardinals, and it'll be interesting to see if we can counter it. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think you guys have enough athleticism on defense to maintain some semblance of defense on the run. Uh, I don't think Cleveland's Cleveland's secondary is very uh, deplenished. They don't really have have like third, fourth string starting. You saw Mike Mm -hmm. Williams have two 40-yard-plus touchdowns last year and were not even close to being touched or covered. So I think Arizona, Kyler Murray, extend some plays, get Kirk open, get... AJ Green open, get uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins open. And uh, I think Baltimore, I think Cleveland's pretty lucky that Max Williams got hurt because he could have done some havoc down the middle. Yeah. 
Yeah, the only other thing, scary thing is Ronnie Hudson's out already, too. But Yeah, but, you know, Kyler can, can, can extend the play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think uh, one of the fantasy hey. steals of the year so far is John uh, James Conner. Yeah, Conner's good. A lot of red zone, lot of red zone uh, usage. And... He's, he's killing uh, Chase Edmonds' owner, so. Yeah, he really is. But, uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up for NFL and that wraps it up for sports. I appreciate you, Rezzy, for coming. Any final thoughts? Resmond uh, De La Ghetto, our special no, guest host. Let's go 6-0. and Yeah, let's, go, let's, uh, let's get these picks. And next week we will discuss our picks and what happened in fantasy this week. All right. Sounds good. As always, Sean with the sports. Thank you so much to our buddy, Ryan, aka Rezzy, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, boys. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, me and Sean greatly appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. It means the world to us. If you could hit the like, follow button, that also makes a big difference. Sean, why don't you tell them what we got for them next episode? episode we have a very special halloween episode coming we're going to be discussing the top three movies that scared us growing up and what still haunts us to this day yeah so be on the lookout for that next episode but we will see you guys next time and we hope you have an amazing rest of the day all right and we're out